1: Hello, what have we here? And salutations, it's another collaboration of the Law Wands uh, Friday night discussions about Star Wars. Uh, Today we and our panel of guests are going to talk about Canto Bight, uh, how necessary is it to the plot of The Last Jedi, and uh, any uh, apprehensions or uh, any any insight that we, we glean from those scenes. Now it's going to be centered mostly around Canto Bite, but the conversation will uh, noticeably go further into the last shot. I am probably a little bit before because the themes of Canto Bite are present throughout the film.
2: Yep, absolutely, uh, Chris. Uh, ready to introduce our panelists? Well, who are you two people? Oh, I'm Luke. Hi, guys. I'm Char. By the way, <laughs> I'm just here harris <laughs> Her, you,
1: you know Her- busy Her- buying yeah go ahead yeah busy ahead. buying a ps5 which
3: you hey, know I, I don't blame him. i know?
2: don't i don't hate that move yeah um
3: but Wait, that's, that's what that's what harris doing
2: yeah he was at work and then he bought a ps5 so he has to go get that thing
3: let's go i had no idea that's awesome yeah
1: so you know next time y'all see or talk to harris you know congratulate him but also you know talk about him because he wasn't here for this uh so first up on our panel of guests uh coming to you live from far far away factory we have brooke hold on sorry i thought chris would bring that
2: my bad all right here <laughs> we go hey hey guess what
3: brooke go oh my gosh <laughs> Yeah, bro, you're I, gonna shout I, out your I, stuff here. Oh, okay.
4: Um, so I've like, here's my here's my spiel. Uh, I I cannot uh, enjoy something or like consume something in a chill way, ever. <laughs> um, so I figured I'd make some money off of it. Um, so capitalism.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a bunch
4: of nerdy stuff. Lots of Star Wars. Lots of Marvel. Lots of other random franchises here and there when i feel inspired um yeah give me money because i need that <laughs> <laughs>
2: no. trying to go to london yeah i've got i've got her one of her sweatshirts on Rep-
1: 60 Rep- days on. y'all 60 yeah. days and we'll be in london
4: Stop.
2: yes
1: um... <laughs> right now i have
4: five <laughs> costumes to make because i also you... am making one for brad now
2: you shot you 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 too, you girl boss too close to the sun. I huh? did girl
4: boss too close to the sun. But I, I get that. Yeah, my ideas are so good. So I,
2: have
4: no... <laughs> <laughs> I can't help
2: that I'm such a good ideas person.
4: <laughs> but I also am not chill, so I have to that's, do it.
2: That's, that's fair. I mean, I'm. <laughs> a, I, I, Chris, I don't know if I'll do Kenobi Obi Wan, but I'm definitely doing Blue Obi Wan.
1: It, it doesn't matter. I'm still dragging you through fire. Blue that, Obi Wan. That's
2: not happening.
1: Your pain she has, has Obi-Wan? just begun, uh, Obi Wan. Uh, but
2: uh, yeah. Brooke, where can the good people follow you?
4: Um. Well, <laughs> we
2: fantastic people know.
4: Today it's, it's been a long day, man. Um, no, I agree. Uh, underscore specifically. Uh, B Dazzler underscore. Uh, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter, and I stream on Twitch sometimes. Um, and that is B underscore underscore Dazzler.
2: Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thanks for joining us. Chris, who's up next?
1: Uh Next, we have the uh, progenitor of this conversation uh, from our last uh, Friday night discussion, Chase.
5: I don't appreciate that, Chris. I Real do. Fire, or is this like actual combustion happening That's like in Luke's
4: face? I don't know why you're turning down good content.
1: Exactly,
5: because I don't want to go to a hospital hey, in London.
2: Listen. Remember, for oh, free healthcare. Out. Care, yeah, hear me out. Not for them, not for me.
4: Remember when you- Chewbacca humiliated you at oh, Disneyland <laughs> and yes. I turned it into a They're video for you wall. and you posted it and it did well.
2: That's true. content. That's true. That's
3: good. Yeah, Luke, point exactly point. when you're committed exactly to the bit, the algorithm good, likes you. All good right, the, the, only, the only, the only. Yes.
6: I do it for the vibe.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: The only bit that I'm committing to is the one that I'm never going to break. And I'm already t- in too deep. So that's 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 how we're doing this.
1: You're
3: welcome.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
6: to take...
3: Exactly. See, you'll be oh, fine. I... And then Chris said the most Chris thing uh ever that's like Chris isn't that your main response to a lot of things it's like I said what I said <laughs> yep. <laughs>
6: yep.
5: but yeah Chase where can the good people follow you you can follow me on TikTok at forward into the black where I talk about Star Wars and Star Citizen
2: by the way um, that Star Citizen I've been seeing that on my for you page holy shit does that look cool it's not it's not <laughs> <laughs> it's cool
6: it's cool it's, love, it's complicated
2: oh man, that looks fucking cool chase it's, it's not yeah, nah. it's
5: not
3: don't get it don't again. get your hopes
6: up do you luke. do you it's like really your life not. luke
5: because I mean, <laughs> I, I, that game will make you hate life
2: <laughs> all right well thanks for warning me appreciate that <laughs> but yeah
1: Uh, And and last but not least, uh, coming to you live from like 20 feet away from me in a separate (laughs) room, uh, the international award-winning filmmaker, uh, my older brother, Rob.
7: Hey, what's going on, everybody? How y'all doing?
1: Good. How are you, Rob?
7: Hey, I'm hey, I, I was hey. waiting for Chris to start something. I was waiting no, for him to start something. You, no, you know
3: what the funny thing is, no. though, is that Chris has a background of him and the Falcon, but you're just yeah. in a regular room. <laughs> away. Yeah.
7: We're
6: like 20 yeah,
2: I parts thought about that. I was like, but Rob, aren't yeah, I was you the like, filmmaker? you got to have something background wise.
7: I do have backgrounds I just haven't I didn't even set it up. I was like, oh, I'm behind a blue screen which would be perfect for a background right now. But I was like, ah, eh, I'll just keep it regular right now. You know? yeah. I'll be special later on in in, in the podcast. I'll see, he
1: could have he could have made it like the poster of his last film with all like the awards and accolades on it, but you know. I see, this that. is why he keeps me around, not just to be a lawyer, but also to do the marketing and the front row, like
3: <laughs> Rob was like, oh, "We could have." <laughs> <Rob.
2: laughs> The, the fact that this is starting off with two siblings just bashing each other is exactly how I thought. This I'm regretting this choice already. I'm regretting
1: this <laughs> choice
3: already. I'm not. Um, <laughs> no, don't worry. It'll, it'll only get worse from here.
7: But Rob, where can oh, the man, people
2: worse. find uh, all of your content, your, your award-winning movies and stuff?
7: So currently my movie is, which is called Life Ain't Like the Movies, by the way, it's currently on Tubi, Amazon Prime, YouTube, Roku, and a couple other places, but uh, most of my other content you can find on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter at breezy two, three, four, five, pretty much anywhere that has social media. If it's breezy two, three, four, five, it's pretty much going to be me. Awesome.
2: I-, I can't wait to listen to, to you, uh, all these amazing people talk about Canto bite because I literally watched the last Jedi today. And I was like, I really don't have a say on whether I like it or not. I'm kind of just in the middle. So, uh, yeah, I feel like you guys are biting for my vote, so this should be fun.
3: Uh-oh, Dude, no oh, we're openly campaigning? Vote, <laughs> hey. There is no Grey Jedi. It's either you like it or you don't, okay?
2: Hey, I never said great Jedi. We don't talk about that. That's like we don't talk about Bruno.
3: But for no. Cancer Bite, there is no middle ground. It's either you like it or you I don't. I
1: mean, like it. I mean, I don't know.
2: It, it depends but,
1: on how narrow. And that's Last Jedi as a whole. It's either you like it or you don't. Uh, that's fair. But, I mean, I mean, it, it really depends very lawyer response. It depends <laughs> uh, on on how how you frame it. Like, you know, I don't for my position on, on this is, is like the rest the, the themes of Canto Bite, the like some like the dialogue what's what's happening underneath. I am neutral on like or just like don't really care when it comes to Finn specifically. That is where all my issues derive from and like 60% of my issues with the sequel trilogy. because uh, from from my point of view, with I feel like Finn shouldn't have gone on this uh, journey with Rose who canto bite, I felt like Poe would have been better for that. Uh, Ryan Johnson
5: I think you're right. I think that was the point though.
1: Yeah, so Ryan Johnson talked about how in his his first draft for the script, it was supposed to be Finn and Poe. But he said that there was no conflict there. They get along really well. So he needed to create a character. Well, first he was like, okay, Poe needs to go from hero to leader. So I need to get him away from Canto Bike, because that's not where he's going to learn that. And then for Finn, he needed to create a character And he created Rose and Rose was originally supposed to be like grumpy and sort of like this gruff kind of character. But then after they cast Kelly Marie Tran and he saw like the energy she brought to the role, he's like, okay, I got to bring, I got to change Rose's dynamic to fit that. And I guess for me, the first point I'll talk about with Finn is Finn and Rose did not need to be antagonistic, at least by the time we get the Canto bite. Because Rose talks about when they're looking over the Fothiers, is that what they call them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fothiers. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, And, you know, she's talking about what the First Order did to her and her uh, family and her experience. They could have had that conversation on the way to candlebite, and then Finn could have told her the truth of why he left the First Order and pretty much all his events in The Force Awakens. And that would have caused a much more interesting dynamic between the two considering she still pretty much views him as a coward and a traitor pretty much throughout that entire film up until we get to the them getting captured.
2: That's that's a fair point. Uh,
5: who, who who wants to give their opinions on Canto by next? I I mean, in the Rose and Finn dynamic, I view it a little differently. I view Rose as an educator to Finn. Um, I think she is, with the discussion she has about how I don't know if her homeworld is named, but basically the first order using it as a mining resource and then use the resources to shell uh, her planet and you know leaving you know her sister Paige and hers and her like pretty much without a home. Um, she's already been radicalized into the resistance. And I think Finn is still learning that radicalization process. Um, Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of stuff that, because you see him going into Canto Bight, and he has this wonder of everything around him. Like there's, it's just so much uh, there's so many lights. There's so much money, the outfits, the everything's extravagant. He's never seen this. And we see this in the previous movie with Ray. So there's like a parallel there and he doesn't see what Rose sees. Uh, and Rose is trying to guide him and be like, I get that it's pretty. I get that it's nice. And this is like the dream, but you have to look deeper. And he does start to see this as their adventure in Canto bike goes on. That's fair.
3: Oh, no, I completely get what Chase is saying, too, because oh, yeah, when he's absolutely. talking about um, um, the hazian smelt, the, the mineral that is wrapped around Rose's neck. That was brutally mined by the First Order. Her home planet, Haze Minor, was eradicated. They, they blatantly killed all of her people. I mean, the majority of them. Just to test out the weapons that, you know, they were, just to test out the stuff that they were mining there. Just to be like, hey, okay, we're going to build these weapons. We're going to build, manufacture all these things. Test them on your people, and then we're going to use them across the galaxy. And there's a, a deep hatred that Rose has for her and Finn doesn't see that yet because as what Chase said Finn is just learning what side he's on even the whole sequence with DJ when DJ's like do it for yourself not for the resistance not for the first order do it for you
4: I have similar feelings with that I really like the I like the dynamic because and I think Ryan Johnson has talked about how like Rose and DJ are like the angel and devil on Finn's shoulder and like you think about where Finn came from, he's a lot less experienced in like the world because of his how he was brought up in the first order. Um, so uh, Rose has seen a lot, like we said. DJ has probably seen a lot and they're kind of like the opposite sides of the spectrum of like who he could end up as, someone who you know really wants to fight for freedom or someone who is very self-interested like DJ. So that's why i like it and it doesn't bother me that they're like more antagonistic towards each other
0: but
1: so for me contextually not that not from what rose knows because rose has was very limited view because of the information that she has and so for coming from here our uh a viewer expect our viewer um uh, overview of finn finn was a slave so less than a week or within less than 10 days he just escaped his enslavement so it's weird to me for him to be educated on or touted that oh the first order and the resistance are the same to me from a narrative standpoint that comes off as insulting because Finn, Finn, when it comes to DJ, DJ's apathetic to everything. He's like, they're all the same. So it doesn't matter who you join, because if you're as long as you're in it for yourself, nothing's going to change. Finn knows that's not true. Because although both sides have technically called him a traitor and tried to imprison him, uh, you know, at least he has with the resistance with Ray with Poe, <clears throat> with Leia, with Han, people that actually did try to look out for him. Having had that conversation, if Rose and he had had a conversation on the ship or on the way to Canto Bite, she would have been a lot more understanding of him, but she doesn't know what he's been through, and he's only just learning what she's been through. You know, the parallels between Ray and Finn with regards to, you know, like, Ray didn't know that there was this much green in the galaxy. Finn, um, there, there's a purity in what Ray had versus there is a a taintedness in what Finn sees. And I don't feel that is fair for him to have that moment and then have it immediately taken away because that's pretty much everything that happens with Finn in the trilogy. He has, he, you know, he gets this plan to escape. He immediately gets thrust into the conflict. He has a friend with Ray. He's immediately separated from her. He, you know, um, and, and so I feel like he never gets a chance to actually experience anything without being like, no, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. And, so, I, uh-
4: I was going to say, I want to talk about Chris's comments. Yeah, yeah, I yeah,
1: yeah,
4: yeah. Because yeah, my Because uh, my, like, feelings, and I think, like, us as an audience, we know that Finn was essentially a slave in the First Order. But if you, like, put yourself in Finn's shoes, I view it more as, like, being in a cult and then having to deconstruct that. And that takes a lot of time. After, you know, growing up with all of this propaganda and brainwashing and like obviously when he left like he knew that something was wrong but that doesn't necessarily mean that like he's all of a sudden like all better you know like he still has to take time to deconstruct Mm
6: -hmm.
4: everything that he knew before that and I think for like Rose if you put yourself in her perspective like she's also grieving like her sister just died and grief does a lot to a person and clouds their judgment and their view um, so she's obviously very angry
1: and that's why they needed to have a conversation because Finn also knows that kind of grief because he, he has no family but the only friends and bringing in expanded material the only actual friend he had was the one that put the three blood uh, lines on his face, which was Slip. It was the only, and Finn had been looking out for him pretty much as long as they had known each other because they were in the same troop, mm-hmm. and so that also Finn was never actually brainwashed. the The context of it is he what, he resisted it because of his Force connection, because the from what little we do have, he was in his own way resisting the like, not following the First Order's rules, like, in in a way things happened. So, to me, it's just, like, had this happened, let's say a year after The Force Awakens, where Finn has time to deconstruct really anything, then that's a more fair uh, representation. But considering he's been in a coma for half the time, he's been free and I don't know if you really consider it freedom, considering he's still technically on the run for most of the Force Awakens, and then he's in a coma, and then now he's back in the conflict. He's and pretty much being subjected. Okay, like now you have to choose. Like you don't get to find out even who you are as a person outside of being in war.
5: Yeah, I mean the one thing that, and and I'll say this, you know. I think Canto Bight is, is a perfect pivotal for me. It's a perfect pivotal moment for Finn's character. Um, Cause kind of what we said in the very beginning of like, he's not supposed to be there. Rose is not supposed to be there. Holdo says that, like, why did you send these people? These people are not the people to be on this mission. And that's a whole arc of Poe's character of like screwing everything up essentially is his number one goal. Um, but in, the like three movies with finn i look at the force awakens as the realization of finn as a person and realizing that like hey the first order not the vibe let's get out of this uh and he starts to realize you know like let's let's start to right the wrongs and do the right thing and in the last jedi it's his awakening it's his understanding of his place in um not necessarily like the first order versus the resistance is placed in the galaxy and what, what is right and what is wrong. And he's going to make mistakes along the way. He makes mistakes on Canto Byte. He takes the shortcut and doesn't even try to, once they get captured, he doesn't try to go after the code breaker. He just like, you know, what? DJ will, will do just fine, which incorrect. And we see that goes pretty terribly uh, and he also tries to sacrifice himself in the end of the movie, and he doesn't need to. And Rose, again, guides him through that. And in The Rise of Skywalker, it's his radicalization. It's him leading uh, people to take down who enslaved him and oppressed him. And I think I was like, I really enjoy the character arc he has. Um, you know, how it was executed could be a whole other debate, but I do like the three steps they take with Finn's character in the sequel trilogy, with Canto Bight being the pivotal moment for him.
7: Interesting, Rob. Interesting points. Now, I'm listening because the, honestly, these are this is the first time I'm actually hearing people who actually like the Canto Bite sequence. So, I'm just listening to absorb information, hear their viewpoints, why they like it before I say anything. Because, like I said, this is the first time I've actually spoken to some people who, uh, about the last shot that like that sequence. Most of the people in my friend groups do not like that sequence, and I am one of them. It's just Because from a narrative standpoint, it feels like it robs the film of any momentum. Like the plot is finally starting to get going. We started to find things out with, you know, Leia. Leia gets attacked and now she's sidelined. Now we have Holo, who's in command who we know nothing about. And then now we have Rose and uh, Finn going on this side quest that feels like a spinoff of a show that could have been a Disney Plus series at some point. You know, Rose and Finn's adventures on Canto Bight. So it feels like it's very divorced from the the, the actual narrative of the storyline, which is why I I tend not to like it. Like I get it from the themes of you know war, painting the sides both sides or shades of gray. Nothing's ever black and white in Star Wars as you know they were in the original trilogy. I guess that's what Ryan Johnson was trying to do: was shade the world of Star Wars in shades of gray, and so nothing's as good or as bad as it seems. Uh, But when it comes to, like, Finn, his character arc, like, in the first, you know, in The Force Awakens, we find out that, you know, he is basically a child soldier. He's a child soldier who went through training, conscription. He didn't have a choice. He got forced into this. And then now, his very first moment of actually getting battle experience, you know, he is, um, he resists. He cannot fire a shot. Then his friend dies, marks up his helmet, it screws him up internally. And then messes up. He finds... Um, what's the term I'm working for? He finds a chosen family in Ray. You know, he finds kinship, he finds friendship in Ray, and he latches onto that because he's never basically it's never a connection he's felt before outside of that stormtrooper that died. So then now he he's forced into this position where he has to make a choice between uh finding his friend or serving the greater good, which I don't think he needed to learn the lesson between the difference between the greater good and his friend, because he knows the first order is bad throughout the force awakens. He, that's why he's running away from the first order. And that's just because they raised the village and killed a bunch of innocent people. He knows that they're already evil and he doesn't need that lesson. I guess a second time is how I felt like it felt like they were just rehashing things that Finn has already known. And that's kind of why it's just, it's just, between it feeling divorced from the main the, the main narrative of the film, it robs momentum of the film, and then it feels like Finn's character arc, it was just thrown in there for Finn to have something to do. And it felt yeah, just, yeah.
1: I'd I'd add on to that that I feel like if there was ever one person to talk about the benefits of joining the um, resistance, and on the flip side, to be the devil on the shoulder to stay out of the conflict. DJ wouldn't be one because DJ is is apathetic, and that's not Finn ever. It would have been a, a stormtrooper that left the Empire, um, or a a clone, um, someone that is a cautionary tale to Finn. Like this is who you would be, in Something that is more connective to him, where it's like I was in this issue i was in I was under the empire, I was under the republic, and I saw what i be everything became, and I decided to leave and whether I regret or don't regret being a part of the rebellion um or the new republic or something to that effect, and in terms of the angel on the shoulder, to me the best person to teach him the absolute best person is Leia. Because Leia was born under the Empire and had to look like she was serving it while secretly, even unbeknownst to her parents, fighting for the rebellion. And so for someone that's been in the fight for at this point, probably 40 years close to it, Mm -hmm. uh, because she's like 53, I think, when she dies and she started when she was like 13 or 14, so close to 40 years, like that is someone, and besides the other parallels between Finn and Leia, like that is the best person to communicate those to Finn as opposed to someone that is more or less because of how it is written preaching to a slave about why his oppressors are bad. And that's not a Rose character issue. That is a Ryan Johnson writing issue in my opinion.
5: Interesting. I would... I would make the argument that you're right. Like those are the, those are the ideal people to handle these situations for Finn. Like, yes, Leia should be the one should be the one talking to him. Uh, Rose should not be the one on this mission with her. But I do think what Yoda says, uh, you know, talking to Luke is, you know, the greatest teacher failure is, I think,
8: Coming to Stream? go on an adventure 66 million years in the making with Dino Week. From new discoveries about the dinosaurs we thought we knew, to the mind-blowing species still being unearthed, and the controversial discovery that could rewrite history, did dinosaurs survive longer than imagined? Dino Week on CuriosityStream. And with monthly annual and bundled pricing plans, find the one that works for you at CuriosityStream.com everything on
5: Canto Bite is a failure um, from who's there for why they're there for how they handle it uh, and how they get back and and everything goes wrong. Um, and I think all of the choices made in all the directions they go lead to failure, um, which is the theme of the movie. So I think everything falls in line with the theme of the last Jedi. Cause like, yeah, of course, like it'd be great if, you know, Poe Dameron, you know, made the right choice and didn't send bombers in when they didn't need to, it'd be great if he didn't provoke the first order and then have ties send missiles into one of their capital ships. It'd be great if they sent people to sneak onto the first order ship with an actual plan with people who like can strategize this and can like realize it for them. None of this is done, but that's the point. And that's like the lesson that a lot of these characters learn. I don't think Finn's lesson is that the first order is bad. Finn's lesson is how deep these roots have grown and that, yeah, like it's so easy to say X, Y, Z is bad. Great. Congratulations. You've learned like the most basic thing, but then to realize like the systemic problems, like it, it takes processing, it takes understanding. And it usually takes people who, you know, felt these things, you know, a character like Rose who had, uh, A horrible experience with the First Order, and you know Finn, obviously, who's been in the First Order. They have this equal hatred, but Rose has been able to process this, I think, a little bit longer than Finn has. Has been she's been more so? She's been on the outside longer than Finn has, and can help Finn understand how deep the roots have grown, how deep that evil is. Um, And again, it's not no one is teaching Finn First Order bad. I don't think that's the point of the movie, but I think there's deeper plot points that are trying to be explained to finn
4: i like that rose is like the little guy like i think leia would be the ideal person for for finn and i i wish like i think what would make it better for me is like just not necessarily changing canto bite but just giving more screen time to finn and more interactions with the other characters like leia um To kind of reinforce the stuff that he learned maybe on canto bite um i just feel like otherwise what is why is rose there and then she's not an important character and then she's written out because there's someone else there and i feel like it was important to have a character like rose in the story
3: Mm -hmm. yeah you know i I think the reason why rose was important was because when you look at the Canto bite scene as a whole you see them trying to go find the master code breaker, so they can break into the tracking system of the First Order of the Supremacy. But in reality, though, they end up inspiring the next generation of the Resistance by accident. That's what I get from it with those with the children, and how <laughs> yeah. they were able to be like, "Hey, we're not the bad guys. Look at the sigil. Look at the ring. These are the symbol, and it it, it 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 connects right to what Holdo said when she took over. It's like our symbol." is known across the galaxy and people will fight for it because once those kids see it, they know exactly who they are and they're like, Oh yeah, we'll help you. We'll help you. And at the end of the movie, you see those kids again with like, it's, it all happened by accident. It wasn't supposed to be what they were going for, but it happened. And that's what I got from it. It's, it's, I mean, even though it didn't, it wasn't really fleshed out in the rise of Skywalker, but it was, it was a beautiful moment for you know, not even for Star Wars fans, but like upcoming Star Wars fans to be inspired by these sequel trilogy main characters that are being like, "Hey, we're not here, we're not a threat here we're We're friendly, and uh we're just trying to find a way to escape these these bozos on Cancerbite that are trying to capture us because slow and low was like, "Hey, you can't park there, Zap zap and yeah you know, but, Brooke. You were saying
2: something.
4: Uh, I was just going to say, like, to me, Rose is like the heart of the story and kind of the heart of the themes of Star Wars. um, Because she's been through so much and seen so much and suffered so much, and even, you know, has watched the um, resistance fail in their missions, but also fail her because they failed to keep her sister safe. And yet she still has full faith in this cause because she sees like just how bad it is on like the ground.
5: I think a, an important moment for Rose and like, I, I really, really do appreciate Rose in this movie for a plethora of reasons, but the, the moment when they're on the ship or they're on the yacht with DJ and, you know, he's like, you got to give me some collateral to, to do this. And he wants the ha- the Hazian smelt uh, the mm-hmm. medallion and Finn's like, no, 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 no. That's important to Rose. Like you can't, take that away from her. And Rose, like without hesitation, is like, take it. Like material things mean nothing to her. I mean, not that they don't mean nothing, but like it doesn't supersede like the cause. It doesn't supersede her friends' lives. Um, and I think these are, again, these are things that I think Finn is still learning as he's going along. And it's a really good journey that he's on. Um, and her being able to do this and her doing stuff like that has, par- I think, parallels with the real world. I think with the father, animal liberation activists do pretty insane stuff and rose is fully on board to do these things because it it is for the greater good and it's like yes this may seem super intense and super extreme in the moment but what we're doing is right and there's like tons of allegory of like children and pens and child labor with factory farming etc etc there's lots of parallels in this movie with real world stuff that's would make this thing maybe hours long uh um but I, I really do appreciate character for for being that person who knows, can still grow as a person, but understands like, hey, we can't hold on to these things. We can't we can't just look at Canto Bite from the surface. You know, we have to like dig deeper. We have to make sure that, you know, everyone is taking care of it to make sure that we're not holding on to the things that don't matter. And in the end of the movie, it's clear that she's given one of those kids the ring. You know that's a that's probably important to her. It's a symbol of her uh, ideologies. But she's like, let me pass this to another kid so that they have that spark, the same spark that I have. So I love Rose with all my
1: heart. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad you brought that up because the real world parallels succeed for Rose, but they fail Finn because you're talk you talked about, about earlier about the systemic issues and how deep these things run with the first order, which. Finn already demonstrates by saying we have to get like to the most outer part of the outer rim to get away from the first order. But the other thing is when you have a black character that you have essentially propped up as a slave, you have to take a special care in how they are written and how their character develops when they finally do attain their freedom. And this is as much an issue at, for Ryan Johnson as it is for many uh, white writers when writing BIPOC characters, just as much as it many male writers being able to write women writers. There, Finn was written as if he was not black. And while in the ultimate ish, uh, ultimate goal of progress that might be good, at this point when there's so much struggle for representation, it is not a point of of success to say that he was written in a colorblind manner. And I think that when you have this opportunity but you already feel like yes Rose is driving the plot forward on Canto Bite but at this point Finn has already taken a back seat and now he's taking another black back seat and is now like okay you need to learn this you need to learn this you need to learn this instead of him actually being able to be front and center in his own plot line. And I would also argue that in terms of failure, Finn has failed pretty much every point we've seen him on screen. Yep. And the overall thing is if they do win, it's a Pyrrhic victory that someone else obtained. So with escaping from the first order at the beginning of the force awakens, it's more Poe that is driving that success. Finn is helping out because he can't pilot ship. Fine. Uh, when it comes to escaping the First Order on Jakku, that's him and, and uh, Rey working together. So that'd be the one real success that is then kind of snatched away because they get picked up by Han and Chewie. Mm-hmm. Um, Han and Chewie or Han and Rey are the reasons why they're able to escape uh, the various gangs and the uh, uh, Tars. Mm -hmm. Um when they get to start what Taco Donna, he's not really a part of he's a part of the battle, but then he gets saved by Han. Fine, whatever. Uh Starkiller base. He he, they succeed in rescuing Ray, but then are immediately put back in the crosshair of things. Finn, you know, attempts to save Ray after she gets knocked out. He succeeds for a little bit and then is immediately knocked out and injured and then Ray wins. So at this point, you know, when we get to the last shadow and say, okay, the themes are uh failure, Finn's pretty much only known failure since he started. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's you know, like at that point for him he needed to fail because yeah he already has.
2: And I mean I think well it's so tough because it's like y- we got Chris, and then we got Chris. So whenever I say it, like, I agree with Chris, and it's like, wait, hold on. <laughs> There's two Chris's. Uh, I I I think Chris makes a good point down here. He says uh, he says it would
3: have been... been nice if a more diverse cast of writers looked at the overall meta plot of the sequel trilogy and go, hey, you know what? Well, hmm. like, yeah, because see, I mean... like, because I mean, the writers of the story. I mean, because we, we got yeah, Chris Terrio in episode nine. We got. Ah, uh, Ryan Johnson in episode eight, and we also have—I G- believe—Kazin uh, wrote episode seven, right?
7: Kazin yeah, and JJ Abrams, seven. I believe.
3: Yeah, Kazin and Abrams, and um, I mean, they're all white. Which I mean, which Chris made a good point as if they they wrote him as a white character, and um, and I feel like they could have added more pieces to that writing board for what he could have done and what he was, what he could have been presented as. In those three films, and uh, and I mean, if you think about like the overall meta plot of the sequel trilogy, it was um, them taking down the resistance, or taking down the first order, and Ray finding herself. That was the main plot. But everyone else that was incorporated with the story, with the resistance, with Finn, Rose, Poe, Chewie, and Han, and later on, Rose and I already said Rose, but you know what I mean, like. Because because Kelly Marie Tran, that was the first main Asian character in Star Wars. So they were making ground... They were doing groundbreaking things with the sequel trilogy with having the first um, African-American main character. The first Asian main character. And with Poe Dameron being the first Latino character, it's... When you have these white writers covering all these different diverse actors and actresses, it's it's really hard to be able to portray, you know, their real self in a sense
5: there's i I fully agree that, like, a more diverse writing staff would have uh, helped out quite a lot. Um, I don't want to say that the writing staff failed. Mm-hmm. um i think I think the stories they told were impactful. I think they resonated with a lot of people. I think young kids are going to resonate with these characters growing up for a myriad of reasons. The one thing that's always, uh, I think been a fault of Star Wars since its inception, yeah. um, is that it's always been owned by a, and this is not a, a Star Wars exclusive problem. It's more of a mm-hmm. media problem. Is can you tell stories like Canto bite, right? That well, essentially capitalism bad, right? Can you tell that through the lens of a multi billion dollar corporation uh, being Disney or Twentieth Century Fox? Can you tell a story about defector mentality? someone like Finn, we don't fully understand defectors in the real world, the psychological effects of Americans going to North Korea in the 50s and the fifties and sixties or going to Vietnam in the seventies, and then going to the middle East in the nineties and two thousands. We don't fully understand this yet. So can you tell these stories accurately and positively? I don't know if that's the right word to use. Um, it's a tricky thing that I think people try. Like, I mean, there's oodles of video games out there made by the biggest billion-dollar publisher is saying, hey, capitalism bad. It's like, oh, it's a great story. I love the message. You shouldn't be telling this story. And do we hold the same reservations for Star Wars being owned by initially 20th Century Fox and now Disney, basically going from the biggest uh, media conglomerate to the now biggest media conglomerate? Like, Can we tell these stories through those lenses accurately? And maybe that's another debate because uh, it's something I've always struggled with, like and even the ethics of can you...
0: Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At in Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com slash holiday. And we're back. How we doing, Anna? Well, Todd, things are heating up. Ooh, yes, Nelson with the jalapeno poppers.
9: Incredible. Ramirez comes in hot with a cheeseburger, patty, lettuce, tomatoes. Beautiful formation. Is he? <gasps> He's going for it. Ramirez grabs the Duke's mayo. <laughs> Look at it go. The twang. Anna,
5: this
0: is the best tailgate I've ever commentated
5: on.
9: Tailgate with twang. Get the official mayo of the tailgate, Duke's mayo, today.
5: Find yourself in an, quote, anti-capitalist mentality and consume things like Star Wars.
3: Knowing that, yeah, which is, is cool. a funny thing because a lot of people claim or talk about the capitalism in that particular scene in Cancel which I mean, reality was it wasn't really about capitalism, it was just the way that the people in Cancel made their money or profits. Yeah, it was associated yeah. with the First Order. That was the main issue. I don't think people wanted to cover capitalism as like the main central focus of the problem, but it was, in reality, it was just them selling weapons. To the people that are causing all these issues across the galaxy,
2: which isn't any different than which what is why Rose George... gets
3: so angry because those are the same people that are giving weapons to the people that oppressed her people,
2: which which isn't any different than what we see in the original trilogy. I mean, basically, the whole rebellion versus the empire is uh, George putting the middle finger up to the uh, U.S. government for the Vietnam War. You know, like Star Wars has always had that underlining. Kind of rebellion, kind of like against the establishment, type of move, um, and I guess that's kind of what they were kind of looking for in Canto Bite. Um, I think after hearing a lot, because again, I don't really have much of a say on on Canto Bite. It's not that I don't like it or it, or I, I super love it. I I I think it's necessary for the story does it I can kind of understand where Rob's coming from though from like a filmmaker standpoint where like the narrative itself you kind of feel like it's taking away from other things that we are seeing at that time but I think it is kind of necessarily necessary for Finn and Rose particularly because you you want them to have that screen time you know what I mean um and my biggest thing is that Finn particularly in the sequel trilogy gets sidelined way too much uh and that's and that's what i kind of agree with 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 chris in particularly because i think finn had so much potential and i feel like they just kind of dropped the ball with his character
3: so look what are you what, yeah, what are so, your so you so you watched the last jedi today what, what, do you have like any like Opinions on it, or are you I mean, just gonna, I, or are you just, just going to be an arbitrator? You know what I mean. Well, I,
2: I know I don't really I don't really have an opinion. Like to be honest, like I I, I enjoy. We
3: all have to have an opinion. Come on.
2: Well, I, I don't. I just you know when you
3: watch that movie and you were <laughs> you're preparing to talk about this thing, you're like oh. I, don't I mean know.
2: <laughs> I I I get both sides of the thing. I just don't lean one way or the other. I, I'm just kind of like in the middle. But Rob was going to say something,
7: Rob. Yeah, yeah no one one of the things i was gonna bring up is um one of my larger issues with the sequel trilogy as a whole is that our main trio never really have an established chemistry or connection throughout the film so like if you compare it to the original trilogy you know you had luke leia and han they had they were all together through from at least the middle point of a new hope to the very end then when we get to empire they kind of split and fracture so, how Chris was saying that Rose was probably not the best person for that mission, should have been Poe. I agree with that point because Poe and Finn already have an established relationship. And I saw somebody in comments bring up the parallel that this was supposed to be like the best pin section of The Last Jedi where everything goes wrong for the heroes. And I feel like they were trying, at the same time, they try to make DJ the new Lando of the film uh, in that portion of it. It feels, like, it feels like there could have been a better chemistry building for Ray, or not for Ray, for uh, Poe and Finn in that section. And I know Ryan Johnson said there wouldn't be any conflict, but that's not true. There's ways to create conflict based on how one does certain actions. Maybe Finn doesn't agree with the way uh Poe is trying to do things. Maybe Poe's trying to take more of a leadership role and Finn doesn't like how he's being talked to because it reminds him of being in the first order. There's different ways they could have put bite to make it a better sequence to fit to the larger narrative because Poe leaves his post, you know, Poe gets reprimanded for um, basically being reckless. So him sending, you know, Rose and Finn on this uh, on this journey as to that. But if he would have went himself and left his post, that would have added more to him being more reckless because now he's deserting his post to do something that he feels is better for the mission. I feel like there was a better way to incorporate Canto Bite into the larger narrative as a whole, and it just kind of misses the mark.
3: Yeah, Robbie, you make a really good point, too, because I think that a lot of people's issues with the sequels is them not being together as much as they should, because Ray doesn't meet Poe until the very end of Episode 8. And in, when in Episode 9, they start, them. like, you know, like having, like, chemistry. But, I mean, they, they end up getting separated anyway and then, you know, coming all together when Exegol happens. But, um, yeah, you're right on the money with that. Um, I... and, oh, go ahead, Chris.
1: I, I that's why I'd argue because Ray doesn't meet Poe until the end of the movie that the main trio of the sequels to me originally felt like Finn, Ray, and Ben they all had connections, they all had parallels and you can't tell me that on Starkiller base that traitor wasn't just like I hate everything about you and oh, yeah. I,
7: also Ben knew or Kylo Ren knew who Finn was prior no, to he's... The Force Awakens
1: yeah. yeah,
2: Well, and I also feel like that Force sensitivity, because, I mean, when you see Kylo in The Force Awakens, he looks at Finn. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just a coincidence that he's looking at Finn. Like, there's something up there.
1: And that was and, the second time that happened.
2: Yeah, and then Kylo's just, like, he's kind of figures, trying to figure things out, but he has that, like, that tunnel vision, right? We always see, like, the villains kind of have that tunnel vision, like, kind of like his grandpappy with Obi-Wan, like they have they they have this set goal of trying to find the person that has has hurt them the most, and it's like tunnel vision and 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 that's why he doesn't like go deeper into like why is this trooper kind of giving me this vibe as well um but yeah,
1: bringing it back to canto Bight, if if yep. if it had been Finn and Poe. The way to create conflict, uh, the blueprint for that is in the original trilogy. If you wanted them to be platonic, look at Luke and Han in A New Hope. If you wanted them to be romantic, look at Han and Leia at any of the movies. Honestly, like you have you have it right there. And people already try to make the parallels between uh, Han and Leia and, and Finn and Poe, given that one sequence in uh, Empire and The Last Jedi. Like blueprints there.
2: Yeah,
4: I I, think... I feel like. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, it's hard for me to like picture Poe and Finn going to Canto Bite because then that erases Rose as a character essentially, and if you're putting, uh, you can create that conflict, but then, to me, that does a disservice to Poe's character, unless you write it differently. And I don't like I don't know how you would do that, um, because I feel like the in The Force Awakens, he's like a static character. Like he's like cool. He's the pilot in the resistance. You know, he's, you know, a good guy. And then I really like his story in The Last Jedi because he has to grow into the leader that he becomes. And I feel like that would get lost. And then Mm. there's a whole third part of the plot line of the movie that you would have to fill in with something else. And I also don't know what you would put there.
6: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
5: I think one of the big things for me with Poe and I I, I think Chris, the way you feel about Finn and the rise of Skywalker is the exact same way I feel about Poe and the rise of Skywalker of like, buddy, you didn't do anything. You didn't do anything. (laughs) good. You just stood there like your, your story arc was so good in The Last Jedi, and then Rise uh, of Skywalker's like, looked you know,
6: good doing it. He, he looks great doing <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> well,
5: we ha- we have to say this like, the sequel trilogy has the best looking cast. Uh,
6: uh,
5: <laughs> but um, in The Last Jedi, kind of like when Cantobite is going on, and kind of to bounce off what Brooke said, like, sure, we could send Poe with. Uh, Finn and there's a blueprint there to have that we could also send Chewbacca you know, we could send Admiral Akbar. We could send anyone to Canto Byte if we want to, right? <laughs> Admiral uh,
3: Akbar, Canto Byte. That'd be a- sick. A- Akbar <laughs> was dead.
7: R.I.P. to a real one. <laughs> we can we can rearrange yeah, the story. Kind of vibe know. with that because
4: then he's like the older, like grumpy, like father
7: figure. <laughs>
6: uh,
5: Where's the uh, master codebreaker? He's like, oh, I need. A- oh, there's an artificial ocean here. Oh, great. Oh, finally. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a
2: trap. We got uh, that all here.
5: But- I, I think, and I, I think it was Rob that said it, that like we didn't know anything about Holdo coming into it. And it's like, I, that's intentional because Finn reacts. I'm so not, sorry, I'm sorry, Finn. Poe reacts to that like, ooh, who's who's in charge? Who's the person? I'm in charge. I'm Poe Dameron. I'm the best. And he gets shot down by Leia and Holdo. Like, stop. I think that's great for his character. Um, I think, you know, personally, Poe should have had a... a story arc that was more along the lines of yeah. you keep fucking up and it's costing people their lives mm-hmm. you need to slow down you need to stop and we, we get that with Holdo um, and he decides to do a mutiny which is again the wrong mistake and because Holdo's already 10 steps ahead of Poe and I think her doing that and then also her sacrificing herself um, f- and what Leia says I think I have the quote written down uh uh She's more interested in preserving the light and being a hero, uh, which is super important for uh, Poe's arc in The Last Jedi. And I I think it's really important that he does go through that. Could he go through that on Canto Bite? Sure. I think there's a way to write that in, but I do think the way they wrote it with with Poe staying with the resistance works with Mr. (laughs) Foe. The the, the ship
2: name, the ship name for Finn and Poe. (laughs) <laughs>
1: Storm if, it, if it had if it was poe and rose on <laughs> canto bite i do feel like th- that opportunity is, is written with there because we still don't even have it in the expanded material where rose confronts poe about getting page killed
2: that is true i because think that could have been a very big thing for Poe's, like oh well fuck here we
1: yeah know. especially like, because kind of it's us an unnecessary death to be honest which yes. given all the context of the film and everything that we have like page did not have to die there's all a- those people didn't have to die and the fact that we still don't have that confrontation even in yeah. resistance reborn
4: or like post grief and resistance reborn but they don't do any like specifics like that
6: Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, Rogue Rogue. Squadron is
5: going to be about. That's that's all I got (laughs) to (laughs) say.
3: I love (laughs) the 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 sustained optimism from Chase about Rogue Squadron. I love it. (laughs) Um,
5: (laughs) One thing that so I I rewatched Last Jedi last night, um, and one thing I noticed because without all the whiny crybabies who don't know anything about Star Wars and how starships work, complaining about the bombers. uh, One thing I noticed about that sequence and then the sequence following. And how Poe, like Poe's vision um, kind of clouds everything going on is that he wants to take down the dreadnought, right? Mm. And all of the pilots behind him also want to take down the dreadnought. And they're none of the pilots are saying, Poe, I think this is a bad idea. All of the pilots are like, let's get it. We're going to do this. Uh, you have Tally there that is like grinning. She's like, screw leia we're taking this thing down poe is the guy to do this and the bomber pilots and Paige, (laughs) uh like is doing everything she can to make sure that dreadnought goes down um and as i think maybe as drawn out as that sequence is um i think it's great and i think it is this kind of whole other level of the higher command versus the people on the ground or in the starships in this situation of like, they want this and they want to feel, you know, whatever it is for those individual pilots and the operators within the bombers and stuff like that, of like, they want to feel the glory. They want to feel like they did something that mattered. And it's something I-
6: (laughs) Never happens.
5: No. You know what? I, when we were watching, I was watching it with Harith last night, and as uh, Loren is going by, Leia, I was like, "Goose, you want to buzz the tower?"
6: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ,
1: that's why- <laughs> and, and that's why I feel like a conversation. In the movie, before Poe has learned that uh, lesson about being a hero versus being a leader, it would have been important for him to talk to Rose because now you're not talking command to that mid command level. You're talking to the everyman who has been affected in a way that a lot of these people haven't been affected specifically. Like they've all lost people in different ways, but like you are directly responsible because you led her sister. To her death.
9: We made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply.
8: Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife and year round activities and events. It's always a good time to come as you are. Key West close to perfect, far from normal.
5: Yeah. And yeah.
1: just saying it's a hero. She would, she died a hero doesn't necessarily alleviate
5: that. Right. And with Tally and, and the, in the more expanded material, her sister, Callie both died under, uh pose command uh and, and pose like you know the the joke is permission to get in an x-wing and blow stuff up to leia it's like they don't actually need to do this right now they need to focus on getting out of there and pose still like let's do it and then Tally's like yep whatever pose says let's go do it and that ends up getting her killed because Poe just can't settle down he can't just like take a minute and he does learn that in the end when they're on crate when he like takes a second and finn at this point is the one that's like yeah let's go get him and he's like wait I know what's going on. I know what Luke is trying to do. Well, he doesn't know fully what Luke is trying to do, but like he gets like, there is a plan here that is being set in motion. And we need to look at this plan from the outside and follow through with that plan. So there is a great moment of learning for Poe in this. Uh, I love it. It does not get carried into the rise of Skywalker. I do think both the last Jedi and the rise of Skywalker, as much as I love both of those movies with all my heart would have been if it had so much from extended editions Agreed. Uh, agreed.
1: Where I needed it. Well, we just don't know what's in Skywalker. those extended editions. Ex- the JJ cut Skywalker. exists.
7: Wait a minute. The JJ cut exists. It's four hours long. I will hold on to that.
1: We just don't know J. 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 what's cut. in it. We just don't know what's Rob what do
5: It's, it's, it's <laughs> another hour and a half of salacious B crumb dancing around with uh, <laughs> Babu Frick.
7: Restore the JJ <laughs> <laughs> cut. Restore the JJ I'd be cool with too.
5: Uh, But no, like, I I love The Last Jedi. I love The Rise of Skywalker. I love the stories that are told. I have issues with that. I have issues I don't bring up because I don't want to give toxic fanboys fuel. Um, But I I love the movies. I love the stories they tell. I would love more. And I do think that is, like, an indication of good writing. And I think that's why I do like Finn and Poe and Ray. is that we want so much more out of these characters. Whereas like there's characters that have been written in all the fiction where it's like, yep, that was your story. Great. Moving on. Uh, And I think it's awesome that we, we, all of us, I think desperately want more of each one of these characters. Like I know I want more of Poe, like more than anything. Um, But yeah, I, I think that is like a credit to the writers for the sequel trilogy of like making interesting, intriguing characters that we want to see more of
1: i'd also say in regards to Finn on crate i hate pretty much everything a part of that as well uh um, i would like to <laughs> oh, sidebar crate, though crate i would like
4: to sidebar real quick um and respond to uh not much's comment um he is
2: gay
5: yeah him and wedge yeah. are like yeah. like butt buddies. i don't fruit. know what to tell you
2: yeah Hey, we we don't oh, no, care. We, you no, we didn't orHalo. try. It Star Wars matter. already, you know, made it happen.
3: Yeah,
5: <laughs> I,
1: I I don't care. Give me Mara Jade and Canon. I don't <laughs> <laughs> I don't I, I don't. Nah, man, uh,
5: where's Kells? Mm-hmm. Hashtag Wedge Luke. Uh, no 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 no, yes. <laughs> no 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 no.
1: I'm not saying she has to be married
5: to Luke. I just <laughs> <laughs>, want because
1: that's generally what they're thinking. So, oh, he was married to Mara Jade in Legends. I don't care. Give me Mara Jade Sky or not. Well, she could be raised Skywalker. I don't care. Give me Mara Jade. Give me
5: Marge. That's all I want.
4: Look at him. Just look at him.
7: Yeah. He wears Chanel boots, buddy. <laughs> uh, uh,
4: uh, uh. Do you see the way him He looks at Han.
7: He was he was very sassy in the Last Jedi. He was very sassy, <laughs> yes, sassy was. throughout all the movies. That's what I never understood. People mm-hmm. like,
5: oh, I don't like Luke Skywalker in the Last Jedi. What has changed?
6: No. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> So, okay. So Yeah, Wormy so, is
3: not different, okay? So
2: so this is so if we're going to start talking about like Last Jedi as a whole, right? I think the <laughs> biggest thing is like that people have is with Luke. And I personally really love where Luke is at and throughout this entire like the, throughout this movie.
1: Now you're gonna see Rob and I diverge, but I still wanna get. I wanna get to crate if we're before we get to Luke. I wanna <laughs> I, get the okay. I all right, crate. we'll go
2: crate. We'll go crate, and then we'll 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 go. Yes, Chaco
4: exactly.
1: Uh, okay, so for me, when it comes to to Finn on on crate, um, one Finn going like trigger happy. Oh,
3: I want to <laughs> uh, like wait, just hold ab-
2: on, Chris, Chris, hold on.
3: Tashi station is a. Uh... <laughs> i think the emperor is jake because he watched vader work, station
5: so station isn't a space station it's a nightclub <laughs> <laughs> what
1: power? Yeah. something was getting converted anyway uh, uh anyway um so when it when it comes to finn on crate i think it is a <laughs> disservice to his character to want to a just Full on just like sacrifice himself on that on kind of a hill turn on something everyone is saying like no this will not work and he even like if he looks around he will literally see it, it's not going to work um but also um i think when it comes to and this is a a, a general criticism with finn post the force awakens um when he really when well, mostly The Rise of Skywalker, but it's kind of in The Last Jedi, when it comes to confronting other stormtroopers that he has openly admitted at least once or twice at this point were also conscripted and taken from homes they never knew, there is not that moment of con- consideration of oh, I even in the most Jedi way that he wouldn't know, because he's he's not a Jedi, it would be like, they don't know what's on the other side of this. But I'm still just going to kill them without giving them that opportunity, which I feel like that's another reason why we were robbed of that deleted scene uh, of Finn and Phasma on uh, Snoke's flagship. I don't know yeah. if it actually was given name, it's but like it, a name. Like a whoop Right. And so now you're just like, all right, now I'm just going to take any kind of opportunity away from being able to help others the way that I was helped. And I feel like that's more in line with Finn's character than just trying to randomly. Uh... <laughs> Hold on, I'll try to read. Chris, do you think that might be because you believe Ray to be on Snoke Star Destroyer? That may use so your low finger, Chris.
7: Use your finger for those words. I will so come sound in it out. <laughs> I will come in there and smack <laughs> you. I
1: lost my train of thought. Um, so there is no. Indication neither in the novel nor in the movie itself that um, Finn is force sensitive, which is one of John Boyega's criticisms of it, and a lot of Finn fans is that it felt so solely like that was a J.J. Abrams, Lawrence Cass, and Chris Terrio thing. Um, and I don't think anyone's ever asked Ryan Johnson about the force sensitivity of Finn in the film. I have lots of questions for Ryan Johnson about. Uh, thin, in, in the well film. i
4: will say and it uh, this isn't i don't want to excuse it because he i'm sure that there was enough time to have like changed it but he was writing the last jedi when they were filming the force awakens so he didn't have like the final product to see all the nuances and like the performances which i don't know if he had i'm sure he still had time to change things or do reshoots or whatever so but that maybe is the explanation in that in that way because i've always that's bothered me too like that's like the one thing that's completely ignored in the last jedi
1: yeah i mean it really doesn't it take much you could really put it in the last film or in the last scene where he, he either feels something about luke and doesn't know what it is like because you could do it as simple as like what they do with leia in empire where she's able to hear luke, uh luke calling out for like just do something like that thread is still continued. Mm-hmm. Um, I also hate that a lot of fanboys take that scene where Finn is going to try and sacrifice himself and be like, Oh, well Finn should have died there. Then he would actually went out with some purpose. And I'm like, that's
5: no, I know.
6: So <laughs> the, no.
5: the, the battering Ram cannon scene, um, I think is interesting because it reminds me of like real world. Uh, attempts at good uh you know the idea of like heart being in the right place but going down the wrong path like hey like I want to do the right thing this is this clearly seems like the right thing to do and then being like no that is not the way we do this this is this is Finn's Coney 2012 moment uh oh, um... oh that's a that's a <laughs> wow that, that's that's something I forgot about <laughs> And, wow. and and there's, there's actually a really something I noticed about this that I think is really interesting in that sequence is you have Rose and Poe in his headset going like Finn stop. This is not the way to take down the first order. We need to regroup and figure this stuff out. And he rips off the headset. Uh, and it, it's just one of those things that it's just like you have people telling you that there is a path to go down. Like saying what you're, doing? you're not saying you're wrong and wanting to do this but there is a better way to do this and him not listening to it and we see this all the time in real life of like i i get where where the sentiment's coming from but let's maybe not do it this way and i think that is a, an interesting moment for me watching that last night of like watching him rip off the headset with literal like logic and truth being blasted into his ears and being like no I'm doing this the way that I believe it should be done and just not listening to it. And then having, having someone basically have to shove him out of the way of his own destruction uh, to understand what's, what is really at stake here. So I enjoy that sequence more because of that kind of like that really quick moment of him ripping off the headset.
1: It's, it's the hate that he feels that is well warranted. That feels out of place for him because he has never, shown to experience that kind of pain like oh i won't let them win like even when he confronts phasma on the, um the uh, star killer base and he has that upper power dynamic because he has her at blaster point like he's not gonna like oh i'm just gonna kill you it's like no we're gonna throw you in a trash compactor yes narratively that was so she could be in the last jedi even though that was kind of useless if you were just gonna kill her off mm-hmm. but um so like i understand that him wanting to do that but the hate and is is not a consistent character trait before or uh before that happens or after and after you could say oh he learns his lesson there but also again he is seven to ten days of being freed from someone that took his entire childhood from him his family from him if anybody is able to feel some hate for a few days It'd be him, which is why when the line comes up that, um, you know, we're going to win by not by fighting what we hate, but saving what we love, like that is a very Star Wars line. In the context of Star Wars, I don't have a problem with it. In the context of it being said in that moment to Finn, in that point in the timeline, I have an issue with just because contextually, from a viewer standpoint, to me, I feel like it, just a lot of choices with how they have written Finn as the first black lead, as the context of a black uh, person being an enslaved person, is narratively insulting. As a black man myself, the same age as Finn. At that time, at least.
5: Do you Rock. think it wouldn't be him being energized from everything he's seen at Canto Bite and everything on Snoke's ship? Um, and kind of just certain realizations happening to him that would cause that spike of energy, that spike spike, that spike of hatred. I'm not I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just like that's the context I kind of was taking away from it of like there's so much going on in such and like six hours, literally, six hours going through all of that, maybe having a different visceral reaction than he normally would have in the first movie.
1: Because that only happens at that point. He's not feeling that that hatred. If that hatred is brewing inside him, we see no evidence of it at any point up until that. So for it to just hit that high and then never happen again, like it'd be one thing if he went under Jedi training, right? And was taught how to like manage and control and let those emotions flow through and then let it go into the force. That'd be one thing, but he doesn't have that. So that just seems like for that one moment, we needed this kind of uh, narrative tension where one of our characters that we love might die. And then I'd also argue the way Rose saves him, it seems like just equally as liable to kill him. <laughs>
5: yeah. I think, that I think, h- I think that's they a weren't point very because... well built ships.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's because they're like, they were rickety from the start. That was the thing. <laughs> Like I love um, playing them on, in Battlefront 2, but I always feel like, yeah, I understand why. If I hit one thing, I'm done.
5: <laughs> I, I would say, totally devoid of the conversation. Like, crate is probably my favorite planet in Star Wars just because it's so unique looking. Uh, I love the way crate looks. Uh, I love, I love just seeing like the red streaks and the red explosions. Oh man, it's great. Um, but no, uh, kind of what uh, I'm assuming is Pep uh, Element Seven yep. is saying. Uh, I really do like the fight with Phasma. Um, most specifically, he's using riot uh, baton uh, against her. Like that was the thing that like whooped his ass in the previous movie, um, and now he's using that same tool, the same riot gear that's probably used mm-hmm. on citizens throughout the galaxy, and he's going to use that same tool against Phasma. And I'm like, I love that. I love that part. It's so good.
1: Yeah, that's great. And it needed to be followed up by the deleted scene. That that's I what it I needed seen to be. The deleted scene. Oh, you haven't seen oh the have, deleted scene. I haven't scene, seen it, the deleted scene. I'm not it, a
5: deleted scene person. If there's no, an extended version, I will watch the extended version. I just I don't the go
1: hunting. Best for acting that John Boyega does in the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Okay.
3: Nicholas said I'm still amazed he came out of that pretty much unharmed while Rose was targeting him as the one left unconscious.
1: Yeah, pretty much that too. <laughs>
3: Yeah, and stormtroopers don't shoot Luke Skywalker. What are you gonna do? It
5: happens. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, no. So like that's so the hatred for Finn was, and then they follow it up in at least in the novelization where Ray is talking about Leia uh, and how you know like Leia didn't have that hatred inside of her. Like she would have never, she wasn't touched by the dark side in that way. Um, like Ray says. <laughs> <Rob>. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, Rob. Come yeah. on, Rob. There you go. There's the right. Skywalker like this, version. Right?
7: <laughs> <laughs> the Rob Butler
2: <laughs> productions.
7: I've already gotten a decent assist from 20th Century Fox because of Star Wars content back in the day. I don't need that one from true. Disney too. Really? Only, yeah. Wait, unless you know, Chris wants to go against Disney lawyers. But yeah. Stop i know. trying to when... make me go
1: against Disney, man. <laughs> back back in-
7: <laughs> tell, back in 2005, okay, back in 2005, I was part of the Force.net forum and everything like that back then. So they had a thread of where people were taking the episode three footage and um, taking the green screen footage and actually making digital environments what they thought Mustafar and everything was going to look like. So I put it all together and cut a fan trailer for episode three. And this was before YouTube, so this is when we were using rapid share for people to watch the trailer i had like something like 2 million downloads from rapid share and then i got a letter from 20th century fox saying hey we need you to take down this trailer or we will you know there will be some legal action considered against you for using you know 20th century fox footage and things like that so yeah that well, happened it, to me in 2005. Uh, yeah well
3: it's funny. in it's- court chris butler pulls up popping his collar <laughs>
0: <laughs> do, 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 i was 10. Do, 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 do.
2: <laughs> No, the, the, the best part about that, though, Rob, is your trailer was probably better than the one that they came out with that literally showed the entire fucking movie.
7: And that's why I got pulled. <laughs> that's
6: why I got pulled. Did you know they had a it's live still... stream on the set yeah. of the
2: Revenge of the Sith?
7: Yeah. It's a random well,
6: live stream. Well,
2: it was, it was for all the prequels. For they for had it. I've they only had seen the Revenge from. of the Sith ones. Oh my god, as a kid, I would come yeah. home and I would watch that for like an hour straight. Not yeah. even
7: kidding. And that's how they pulled a lot of the, um, the green screen footage for the episode 3 trailers that they did. Was because they were watching the live stream and they were just ripping it off and then mm, making their own adjustments to it. So, I mean the trailer is still on YouTube. So I mean, if you want to see my episode 3 trailer, it's still on my channel. Yeah. That's
3: awesome. That is amazing. You might have to pull it up right now. No
2: no cuz no cuz if he got a season desist, what the hell are they going to do to us I mean
3: at this
1: point they probably really don't care unless you're going to yeah. you know use their music in a uh, a fan made trailer or video about a cer- certain dark lord of the Sith
7: Yeah no I can't uh, monetize uh, a yeah, video this is this is
4: before are. the MCUification of film
1: Yeah
2: <laughs> No but um <clears throat> <laughs> um. so do we want to get into the whole Luke conversation of so, this movie? B-
3: b- before um we dive in I just want to make one more point about cancel white so Chris said earlier about Paige didn't have to die but I think it was important to set up the emotional tension between Rose and Finn just be like hey my sister died protecting the fleet and you're running which I mean if you think about it from her perspective he was running Oh, I mean, I mean, I mean when
1: I said Paige didn't have to die, it's not like I'm like saying that she had to live, but I'm saying like from Rose's vantage point, like if she has that conversation with Poe and she's actually able to learn like Leia told you to turn around and the destruction of the Dreadnought really didn't do all that much in the in not even not just the grand scheme of things, but like the the minor scheme of things, then that's a different conversation. Like yes, it sets up that uh, par- or, well parallel, but also kind of conflict between uh, Finn and Rose, but that conflict can also just be ease more easily dispersed if they have a conversation which they have the time to do, it just doesn't happen. And that's a common Star Wars trope, characters not having a simple conversation that would alleviate a lot of problems. Yeah. But again, I would say, as I said, when someone... Tried hey, to Anakin, the... you,
5: you feeling all right today? <laughs>
6: <laughs> Pretty much. Like
5: when Anakin, to... No!
3: When... <laughs> talk about it bud and then a dr phil intervention intervention comes in He's like well my so- son you've been doing some very bad things these past few days do you have anything to talk about that i i i uh, fell to the dark side and I, I had well i mean hey yeah 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 it, that's not my problem i'm talking about the other people I'm talking about the victims and parents I'm talking about you know your, your, your brothers in arms i'm talking about everybody out here so what you're doing over here is completely out of pocket, and I need you to say sorry for being such an asshole to these people. I'm sorry. That's not good enough. Say it. Say it with some All effort. All right, Charlie. We got yeah, How <laughs> the fuck so, yeah. did we get to charge? Anyways, Dr. Okay. Bite. No, so yeah. So, so Doctor so. Phil. I'm just saying.
1: So, yeah, so like the same way that it's that common trope is the same way I, I would respond to people when they're like, well, yeah, they kind of sidelined Padme in, in the prequel trilogy. Oh, so, you know, Jesus, they, of course, me. they're going to sideline, you know, like they, so they sideline Finn like they did it before. Yeah, they
3: did it before. That doesn't mean I want to see it
1: again. That's
3: I don't think so they sidelined Padme in the trilogy, they only sideline her in Revenge of the Sith. I mean, that's still... That's that's, a, that's, that's, a that's third
2: part of the, the trilogy. trilogy. <laughs> but, yeah. That's the God. big, I a, big moment. moment. I would
7: like a to lot point of her out, stuff I, ended up on the cutting room floor, though. A lot I of did stuff out, extensive
4: research about this for a TikTok one time, like three years ago, but um, <laughs> Qui-gon, Qui-Gon has almost twice as many lines of dialogue in The Phantom Menace than Padme has in the entire trilogy,
3: which is funny because if you look at if you look at what George Lucas said, he said that Padme is the main character of the Phantom Menace. Yeah, she had he did 18, a very bad job.
4: Lines of dialogue <laughs> in Revenge of the Sith.
3: Yeah, George Lucas said that Padme is the main character in the Phantom Menace. I,
2: well,
6: I I
3: had to take a lot of research to figure out who the main character was of that movie. <laughs> <laughs>
5: um, yeah, I I mean, I I agree with Chris, like the mistakes of the past, like don't, don't excuse getting to move it forward into the future. I'm also like almost anti that as well. Of Like the series has never been perfect. Like, do we expect perfection now? Like it would be nice, but I don't know if there is a such thing as a perfect movie. Um, like what's going to be great for you is not great for me. Like, again, I really like Finn's story and I'm t- totally, satisfied with the Finn story, not post story. though. And it's obviously different for, for Chris. Um, but, I think more to get back on track to Canto bite. Uh, like, I think there are lots of really, really good messages within Canto bite, even like the little things of like the little, the little alien that's like really drunk all the time, like collecting coins off of the ground when Bobby there's five like literally trampling overhead, like how disillusioned that guy is um, to the world around him and how that affects how we have people in the modern world collecting money with the world pulling apart around them.
3: That beautiful uh, alien is Dabu Skay, who's played by Mark Hamill.
5: Mark Hamill voiced like everyone in Star Wars, didn't he, at this point? <laughs> like, Basically,
1: uh, yeah. I'd, but, I'd also, go ahead. I, no, I just say, you know, Tamiri Bragg, I got no problem with him. I, it was like, I think, two or three weeks after the film came out that I found out that people hated Broom Boy. I was
5: like, for what? He was like, yeah. oh, well, why was he able to force pull something? Like,
1: because force pulling things isn't that hard.
5: Luke does it on the ice. No one told him how to force pull a lightsaber out of the (laughs) ice hanging upside down. Like, what do you want, man?
1: Yeah, Yeah. so, I mean, but it's just like, I also would have loved the scene, whether that would have been at the end of The uh, Last Jedi or the end of The Rise of Skywalker, where Finn and Rose go to Canto Bite and free those kids. Because Tamiri Bragg should be Finn's first Padawan.
2: That's
6: Interesting.
5: I like I well, to talk on the kids and not what could be, but what is, uh, I really loved in the end of the, at the end of the movie, when they're, they're setting this, they're talking about Luke Skywalker and all of that. Um, I really like that the kids don't speak basic. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that to me is such a really important touch. Cause I think that's super central to the story of star Wars, where I don't think episodes one through six got of like, the empire uh, and the separatists like were not so much the separatists for the Republic, but the rebellion versus the empire, the empire was very human centric. Like, yes, you know, it was a, in, even in the expanded universe of like, Oh, it's a big deal that Thrawn is as powerful as he is. And yet there's no aliens going to fly against the death star. Uh, and then we get Nia Nub in return of the Jedi. And that's it. We but get there's also, yeah. And we have, the, up here and there, but in the sequel trilogy, we get the abonitos that are are yeah, actively we get, fighting with
3: yeah, them. Yeah, We also get um the the uh, Beastie Boys. We get, uh, uh, we get a, a yeah. ten nub. we get Ten Nub.
5: We and we get a lot more of that, and we get to see again these kids who are human, uh, not speaking Basic. They're speaking what we can only assume is the native tongue of where they grew up, and it's probably a world uh, that was. You know, exploited by the First Order, hence why they're enslaved on Canto Byte, uh, and they're taking advantage of people who, who you know may have limited resources within the galaxy. So I, I think it's a really interesting and smart touch to not have them speak Basic, because uh, I think it adds a lot of depth to the world within the
3: sequels. Mm-hmm.
2: No doubt. No doubt.
6: Yeah,
3: but if you want, if you guys want to start talking about. Uh luke in this movie you guys can i got nothing else to say about cancer bite.
2: or we like just keep up for another other episode yeah,
4: yeah. that exactly I, what I was there's a
1: lot yeah. of i mean we're of not movies. we're not we're not bringing rob back so if you want to see us duke it out
7: <laughs> wow i'm not rob back. rob You're are you
8: pro
5: time. or against
7: last jedi luke so i'm split uh this is going to come to surprise to chris because he I've told him different arguments in the past. My, my, my... Okay. (laughs) I know
1: how to read him just like he knows how to read me.
7: Yeah. My relationship with The Last Jedi is constantly in flux. Like, when I first got out of the theater, when I first saw it, I loved it. Then a few days after thinking about it, I didn't like it. Then I watched it again and I kind of liked it because it, you know, everybody has their own headcanon of what they think the next movie is going to be. And so when I started comparing my headcanon to the actual movie, I was disappointed. So then when I went into it the second time without my headcanon, I enjoyed it a little bit more. But then there were obvious narratives.
8: Every day my employees get scam emails. I wanted to protect my business and clients, so I checked out CISA's Secure Our World. They've got four simple ways we can protect our businesses from online threats. Learn more at cisa.gov forward slash
7: Israel is 5,690
2: miles away from the U.S., 11 hours by plane. Hate travels faster, in a comment, in a post, in a second. Jewish hate is up 388% in the U.S. Black hate, Muslim hate, and Asian hate are up too. When one hate rises, they all do. Let's stand up to all hate together. Share and wear the blue square from StandUpToJewishHate.org
7: plotlines that I did not like, and that kind of took away what how I felt about the movie. So tell by being one of them. Um, Holdo not telling Poe the plan, which sparked his impulsiveness and recklessness and caused the mutiny. I didn't really like that plotline. I didn't really have problem with Holdo as a character. Like, I didn't really have problem with people as how the character, but how they were written. So Last I Luke, I'll say this. Mark Hamill acted his butt off in that film. I absolutely love his performance as Luke did an amazing job now everything that he was given is things that can be I can say that there's some parts that I did not like there's some parts that I did like so like I said I'm split split so here's my question
2: Rob after watching Kenobi Mm -hmm. does your take does your take change from Luke and Last Jedi because they are very similar and very similar points
7: they are. And so that's why because I think I actually was talking to Chris about this when I talked about Luke running away to Akto to basically die and he was bringing up how I said, you know, a Jedi wouldn't do that. He goes, "Well, what about Yoda and what Obi-Wan did? They went into exile as well." I'm like, "Ah, that's actually a very fair point." I think that was you who brought up that point. Was that you? it you? Yes, was. it was. Okay. <laughs> okay, I <laughs> I knew he would remind me, and I was like, "That's that's a very valid point." And then he brings up about the failure of the Jedi and everything like that, which I can agree about. He agrees about, you know, Sidious he brings up all those points. Well, cause I I agree with that. And mm-hmm. so him going into exile, um, made it, made it, you know, made it more sense. What I'm really what I did not like about the le- something about the sequel trilogy as well is that we never got to see Luke Han and Leia together for just one scene. Yeah. As as bad as the Jurassic World trilogy was, they got one <laughs> yeah. thing right in the last film: the old <laughs> cast and the new cast got together, and they ended I, up-
5: I I have made, I don't know if it's a hot take. It seems like hot when I bring it up. Uh, I'm glad they didn't. You know, I'm glad they didn't get that opportunity. I think it's better storytelling wise. I think when Chewie comes into the hut and Luke says where's Han that's more impactful than and then then it cuts to Kylo yeah oh it's amazingly edited and it's just like that moment to me is worth more than the fan service moment of you know Luke and Han being together um with the real world scenario of Carrie Fisher passing away um yes it would have been nice to see it like to personally as fans see it but in the like grand scheme of we have a story to tell and what i what element said is right It it is more impactful that they don't see each other um, and i
7: agree with that i think i'm more colored because of carrie fisher dying and then yeah, now yeah. we'll never get that again i think that is where i come from on that angle it's because oh, yeah. narratively speaking i get that i get that but from a real standpoint you know being at um the star wars celebration in 2015 when they announced force awakens and seeing everybody there but harrison because he was nursing a broken leg that made me feel a type of way as a fan seeing them together like that so yeah, i I, I definitely get that from a narrative standpoint but as a fan it was kind of like i wish we had at least one scene one scene it, with them all together
5: I, I i agree but i do think it runs into like fast and furious you're gonna throw paul walker in a car (laughs) because he's dead (laughs) i
1: I will say to to the point about them not being together what i would have appreciated from the sequel trilogy more is a little bit of seeing what they had successfully built to that being taken away from them like seeing them actually happy because when often in star wars do we see characters actually happy (laughs) and then you know like the end of the phantom menace the end of attack of the clones maybe because you, you have the wedding scene but then it's immediately taken away <laughs> with the imperial march
5: war is hell I don't know if you know this or not Chris <laughs> but
1: I'm saying like they weren't always at war in between those 30 years so if we had seen something about like what, what are we losing with the new republic like we know where they're losing their victory with the first order coming but we don't really get a chance to see that victory all that much like we see it in books but I didn't read those books until like 2017, 2018, because I didn't know they had come out. Um, but then, so, th- so there's that for, in regards to Luke and the last Jedi, I have three problems. One, uh, the scene where Luke warns Han, that is a deleted scene. It is 17 seconds long. You can't tell me that couldn't have been in the film because that narratively, it goes right before you go to uh, Leia on the ship. And, um, uh like when they're in hyperspace it goes from luke morning han in the hut to leia morning han in the thing, and that's just a beautiful parallel they should have kept that uh two um i don't have a problem with luke going to octo in exile my problem specifically is him leaving leia like i feel like of all the people luke wouldn't have left like any kind of contact with with Leia above anybody else, considering that is the only family he, f- at that point, feels he has left. Well, like, I see, understand you, why. You I see, just don't like it. Uh, and then the third final thing is Luke should have lived at the end, just for the simple fact of he should have been around to help clean up the mess that he
3: made. I, I
5: mean,
1: Man, that's a whole... Wow. Well, you know, Chris, I like,
3: mean, like, the reason why Luke... Didn't was afraid to go see Leia was because he failed Ben. No, I know and exactly why he did. his parents it. and being like, "Hey, you trust yeah. me with your son, and I failed you." That he might have, you know, he would have felt guilty and would have felt. Oh, like, that, no, that, no, that, I, hundred I, I percent get that. that. Yeah, yeah. But when you,
1: um, I guess in in for me, it's like there is that bond because they are twins. Because of everything that they've gone through with the father, with their father, yes. and all the things that we will get at some point in, con- uh, in content when they fully have that conversation, um, I feel like there is a moment where Luke and Leia had a uh, n- maybe not a conversation, yeah. but were able to feel like the other in, in the Force and those emotions. And at that point, like Leia, even where she is then would have been forgiving of luke to know that it was not his fault
5: two things whether
1: luke accepted that or not is another thing we just don't have that story yet
5: Mm -hmm. two things one chaco i'd like to tell you a little thing about money and it exists (laughs) (laughs) and demographic and and demographic Uh, that wouldn't have gone over well. As, as much <laughs> as an, an interesting story would have come out of it. Oh, man, that would
3: have. Yeah, I'd say from the Force Awakens making $2 billion, $1 billion alone was just from the original cast. I'm just yeah. being fair.
5: Uh, and number two, and this is maybe more headcanon-y or anything. Um, I get it. I understand it. I just don't like it. I, right. I I am not saying
1: they shouldn't have done it otherwise I'm just saying I don't like it.
5: I think that okay. I think the point that gets missed and I don't necessarily anyone here's missing the point is that uh if we look at uh, a new hope and we look at Obi-Wan like putting up his sword or hit his lightsaber and letting Darth Vader cut him down, uh he has fully accepted his physical form, his physical body is uh meaningless in comparison to the Force. Uh, and I do believe that Luke and Leia have that same understanding of that. Yes, you will not physically see me ever again, but the Force will keep us together, and you will feel me through the Force, and you will know that I'm there through Which
3: the Force. Which, at the end of the Rise of Skywalker, we we know that they're close to the Force. Yeah, I, so, I will say
1: the ending <laughs> of the Last Jedi book kind of doesn't do that because Luke has to physically be told to let go in order for that to happen. Yeah. I haven't read that. So I'm going to bring up
7: a point that Chris made that's kind of a hot take. Chris said he thought that Lutra survived to help clean up the mess that he created in the universe. In that same aspect, I think Ray should have died in Rise of Skywalker and Ben Solo should have lived. Having Ben rebuild the Jedi Order and rebuild the universe that he helped destroy, I think would have made a more narrative impact at the end of Rise of Skywalker if we got that. That's just something I've been thinking about lately. Like, if Ben would have survived and Ray would have died, and he had the task of rebuilding everything that he destroyed, I think would have made a hell of an ending.
5: I, I would have become Ray a toxic fan. If, <laughs> yeah, if I would have become a toxic fan if Ray had died.
6: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I don't know that, what does that, that
4: what does that say to like all the little girls that look up to Ray? you know what I mean? I yeah. get like it would
2: be interesting, but like there's no way. Well, I mean, it it would basically be like if Vader would have survived Return of the Jedi.
5: Sorry about all those war crimes, guys.
4: (laughs) Not getting into the if Ben Solo should have lived debate because I am in the camp of he should have. Anyway. I don't think Rey needed to die in his
7: place. (laughs) Uh, uh, I said it was a a hot take. I did say it was a hot take. (laughs) I'm I'm not not in
3: the camp of Ben. It'd be kind exactly, Pap. Like, exactly. I don't if know ben had lived, everyone would have a put a exact... bounty on him.
4: Did how did the galaxy know that Ben Solo and Kylo Ren are the same person? Like that it was, was
3: a good point. It was
4: never very explicit it. to me. There were very few people that knew who That's... Ben Solo.
6: Oh no, but they know what he looked all, like. All I'm
3: saying sure, is knew, that... they know what he looked like.
5: Yeah, tech proves no, no, no. otherwise well well
1: it, <laughs> no, it depends
5: no, no, that was, it was kylo rand guys
1: when kylo
5: it wasn't um, me it was the other
1: guy
6: yeah
5: when <laughs>
1: kylo is the supreme leader in between eight and nine he doesn't have his helmet for most of that if that i mean besides what we see in in, in galaxy's edge which is a whole other conversation um if, if that's the case, his face is at least out there, so at least some people may be yeah. able to make the connections, He's but his... it, I don't know if it's widely known, but all I'm saying is if Ray brings uh, Ben back to the uh, party on Ajin Klaus, and I'm Finn and Poe, we we about to go throw hands with Ben Solo.
3: <laughs> that's, that's, no, that, that was
5: Kylo Ren. I'm Ben. I'm Ben Solo. <laughs> yeah. Ben's going pull out that uh, everybody, electric everybody baton that out of
1: nowhere me. and just start going to death.
5: Yeah. Oh yeah. The, like like
1: first yeah.
3: awakens, the Z6 just
4: boom, boom, boom. <laughs> I mean, she couldn't need to take him back, but I'm just thinking about this now. Like, what would I have done instead? Like, I think they should go their separate ways. Um, but I feel like it would have been cool if like also how did they wouldn't have i don't know how they would have been able to get out together because is isn't there only one ship left?
2: uh no his tie fighter would have yeah his tough, still, his still his tie fighter still um, yeah.
4: i don't know it could have been cool if like ray took him to octo before she like like dropped him off and was like here this place helped me
3: yeah, hey, like,
2: here's your rehab yeah. deal with it. And it's fuckers. there's no
4: one here, I promise.
6: <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, Luke, like, um, just don't throw rocks off of cliffs and you'll be fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, if Vader survived and went back to the Ewok village, Leia probably would have tried to shoot him.
5: Well, I, I think oh, that the, the point Drop. being is that Ben wouldn't be re assimilated into civilization, uh, he no, would just be no, at the no. left. No, no, Leia, Leia, Leia. would have tried to kill. So Vera. I, I would say
1: two paths of a, of a Ben Solo should have lived story. How they would go? You either go the legend of Koraku Vera route, which happens post uh, the series in a in a graphic novel, um, where she she is in prison, but she is temporarily let out to help us. Um, uh, stop uh members of the uh earth empire that are still rampant that didn't uh goat uh, didn't follow her order to stand down and then after that she is taken into custody of her uh adopted family prior to that to help rehabilitate her and essentially for her to uh carry out the rest of her sentence um, and it goes from her pleading not guilty at the beginning of the story <laughs> to guilty. The second one is
6: <laughs> <laughs>
1: the second one is if anybody's read the story of Rurouni Kenshin, like that is the path of redemption and atonement that
7: That's what say Chaco just said that.
8: There it is. Life insurance. What's your excuse for putting it off? Can't afford it? Too much hassle? Think your work coverage is enough? There's a lot of excuses for putting off life insurance, but one big reason why you shouldn't. If the unexpected were to happen to you, who would pay the mortgage, the kid's tuition, and all the other bills? In a time of grief, the last thing you would want is for your family to have to sell the house and struggle to survive financially. At Ethos, we could get you covered in just 10 minutes, and boom, family protected. Rates can increase the longer you wait, so no more excuses. Take 10 minutes today and discover the modern way to get the life insurance coverage you need. Ethos, fast and easy online term life insurance. Up to $2 million in coverage with no medical exam. Some policies as low as a dollar a day. Answer a few health questions and get your free quote at ethoslife.com slash audio. That's ethoslife.com slash audio.
7: plus there you go. what
5: is that is that from thing or is that just a roni
1: kinchin is a manga and an anime um okay. the anime the first two seasons are great the third season is all filler because the story wasn't done and it's terrible and it wow that
2: that word coming out i of like the movies. mouth
1: no 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 it is Look, all filler no, It's a thing <laughs> no it by definition of like in the manga anime sanders the third season is filler because is it really? is not in the manga that's uh, the, pretty much okay. the definition of filler when it comes to that. Like, it's not in the manga; it's not canon to the story. Yeah. Um, hey, Chris,
7: how do you pronounce the name of that show again?
1: Fight me. Um, <laughs> so uh,
3: he used <laughs> to <laughs> say that name. Now it's related, related. <laughs> Two over here. He used <laughs> to say that Two. name wrong all the time. Confirmed by kid. this guy that I met. His name is Ronald. Say hi. <laughs> oh
6: my god. So um. yeah.
3: So
1: um, yeah. No, but that that would have been the uh, perfect. Uh, way for atonement of been you know learning like who am I after mm-hmm. being a killer first
7: yes Matt years. the radar technician. I agree with that yes Matt uh, I, I would I would go more
5: along the lines of like in serious as I like, go along the lines of what Brooke said is like live out your life in peace on Octo um, I and, haven't had my
3: muffin yet Matt where's the and, justice in that <laughs>
7: I need my gluten, man.
4: I can see both. I can see both. I can see, I can see Ray or telling him to go there to like reconnect himself with the Force and then deal with like the atonement part of it. You know?
2: Yeah. Have all the Force Ghosts be like, "Hey, kid, you fucked up.
7: (laughs) You, but not as bad as your grandpa." grandpa. (laughs) (laughs) No, I would just love to see him have a talk with Mace Windu. That would be fun. That would be real fun. Oh, look,
2: another Skywalker being an asshole. Who would have (laughs) guessed?
5: Um, I, yeah, I, I could see that. I think that, I think that could be interesting. Um, it's, it's a good, what if scenario. Um, again, I don't, I don't, I think it's, I think as, as goofy as it has been, like, I I do think the assimilation and civilization is like really difficult to justify. um, especially to those on Hosnian Prime. Yeah, uh, yeah.
2: no shit.
1: Yeah, not um, unless Finn and Poe and think- like a uh, several other Resistance members get the bare-knuckle box Ben Solo he's tied <laughs> up to a pole.
5: Are you going to go up against Ben Swolo? <laughs> no, nah, he's tied
1: up with the poles. So they're literally just p- throwing body
5: blows right. and, uh,
3: and face blows.
5: <laughs> they're going to punch his eight-pack.
3: Yep. <laughs> uh, Kylo Ren had an 8-pack. Kylo Ren was shredded. shredded. What You're a liar, man. Kylo Ren's a punk bitch. <laughs> it's probably uh, thirty pounds yes. soaking wet underneath that black. Dress. I mean I do think uh, this
5: is this is my opportunity to plug Alphabet Squadron. Uh you can write a really good redemption arc uh with really
3: bad people. Uh insert, really uh, insert Eurka quell. Here we go.
5: Erica Quell, that motherfucker. (laughs) She's not a good person, but she learns to kind of be one. Uh, No, I I, I do think her redemption arc is, is super well-written. I think there is no. She did not do this. The scale of of Ben or Anakin. Yes, exactly. Uh, Choco knows, but no, you can. Write that redemption arc well. I think with some clever writing, you could do it with Ben Solo. Um, it'd be really hard. He's uh, he's a bad boy. He's a real bad yeah, boy. If we're <laughs> going
1: with GOAT, former uh, Imperials, um, uh, it's Sayana Re, aka Finn's mom, and no one will take that from me.
5: AKA, she's still in jail. <laughs> <laughs> she is. Until we
3: get Lost too. you know. All right,
0: she said, no, she's grave, still in right? jail when
5: Exegol is happening. She's like,
1: guys, can I get <laughs> no, out? <laughs> no, because she, you know, she had Finn with Thane and he was taken by Nash Winwright. He's a
5: prison baby. Oh
6: mm.
1: That just adds another layer of- <laughs> oh <my laughs> that God. we're not having during Black History Month. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Jesus Christ. All right. Well, that's a good place to stop. <laughs> My God.
1: The pod ones are now canceled during Black History Month.
3: <laughs> hey, I'm not associated with ones anymore. Um- <laughs> the
2: fuck you want? Um, uh, uh, Chris, uh, go ahead and close this thing out.
1: Uh, yeah, I I mean I'm fine with that too, honestly. But then I'm like, okay, who killed Reva? Then like, who who, who punked Reva? All right, she she's been punked enough.
7: <laughs> uh, Moses Ingram. Oh yeah. Yeah,
1: so yeah you want to you want you you want to share with the class, Rob? No, no, thank you. Yeah, that's what I, I thought. Anyway, <laughs> uh, thank you for uh, listening into no, this conversation about Canto Bite with our wonderful panelists and uh, my co-hosts Luke, Char, Rob, Chase, and Brooke. Before we go, uh, make sure you like the stream and follow all these wonderful people on their social media platforms, which they are about to tell you about. Starting with Brooke.
4: <laughs> well. This has been fun.
6: <laughs>
4: um. Okay, wait, hold on. I just thought of it. We we can't end a discussion about the Last Jedi without I need to know if you are pro or anti-porg.
2: Pro porg. Pro
4: porg.
5: Is that that's yeah. that?
4: There are some people that viscerally hate the porgs. Are you?
1: Well, they should genius?
5: viscerally go fuck themselves. <laughs> I I want to I want <laughs> to I want to eat
1: one.
7: Exactly. That's my thing. Does that mean I ate it if I want to eat it? That's that's what I want. To I, I, want would, to I eat will. I will never
5: be convinced. I will never be convinced that the Last Jedi is not an am, animal liberation propaganda <laughs> movie. Uh, the liberation of the father's and the way that Chewie is guilted into not eating meat. <laughs> Brian Jobs yeah, I, is vegan.
1: I wouldn't. I wouldn't have been guilted. I'd been like. <laughs>
6: <laughs>
1: like you, not, you want some? You want to join them? Like, that's,
7: oh my want? god! Oh, Christopher uh, DBCA, I'm
1: delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Luke will get that reference.
4: I just love the Porgs. What's <laughs> <laughs> delicious?
6: Give me the I all just like them the because, exactly. like,
4: the little the environmental <laughs> science in me, like the behind the scenes stuff. Is that the reason that Porgs are even a thing? Is because when they were filming okay. on the island there were so many puffins, puffins and it yep, was easier yeah. to like put something over them in post than to erase all of them. And so they, made yeah, art.
1: and then you can sell it because poor capitalism.
5: I, oh, okay. I, more than I was not the biggest Porg fan because of like, Oh, you literally made a creature just to sell animals. Cool. So <laughs> here we go And then I found out, I was like, no, we actually just, we're just editing over puffins. Cause they wouldn't go away. I'm like, okay, that's cute. And he became, so right, fine,
7: great. I would Sorry. more like the crystal fl- foxes on crate than the porn Crystal foxes. God, I love. I foxes really so love much. those. God, I love so those foxes cool. though. The
3: vulptexes. Vulptexes.
4: Sounds like a Pokemon. Uh,
7: I choose you. It, it look
5: like Pokemon. like it, it sounds, sounds like vulpix. Like
2: it's close. <laughs> but uh,
4: anyway, but... <laughs> <laughs> thanks for indulging me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find me at uh, underscore bedazzler underscore um on tiktok twitter and instagram um you probably won't find me talking about anything star wars lately <laughs>
3: let me but help if you, me you like okay. the last of
4: us <laughs> and if you like the walking dead you're... girl <laughs> um anyway far far away factory buy my stuff
3: yes right here buy your stuff right now buy it now now okay what are you doing why are you why are you still here with
2: us go to that get what are Buy doing? your brotherhood shirt right now yeah right now anyway So what is this
1: ferris bueller yes
2: anyway uh chase
5: uh to carry on the trend that Brooks said uh, are we pro or against x-wing tokyo drifting <laughs> 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 i'm super pro tokyo drifting and x-wing
1: <laughs>
5: <laughs>
6: that's
8: I, I the coolest
5: understand. shit
1: i don't understand like, how Kong you can be needles. anti because that because it it's
5: sounds
2: so
4: fucking
5: cool,
2: cool. Yeah.
1: There are
5: people
8: that are anti x
5: Drifting and I'm like Hey, well, hey, 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 Han hey Han boring hey, hey, they're, hey, Yeah,
2: exactly. They're anti-fucks Okay, like they don't They do, they do not fuck. Like they don't know <laughs> how to do that Hey,
3: Han drifted the Falcon. He learned that From his buddy Needles and it worked out great Okay, nothing with uh, like drifting a ship
5: But yes uh, <laughs> Very pro X-Wing Drifting Very pro Canto Bite, very pro Last Jedi And you can follow me at Forward Into the Black uh, to Talk about Star Wars Talk about Star Citizen where I will be Drifting spaceships on my own
7: <laughs> uh, Rob? I am Rob the Filmmaker You can find my latest film Wife Ain't Like the Movies on Tubi Amazon Prime, YouTube, Roku And a couple other places You can find me on Twitter, Instagram And TikTok on Breezy 2345 And everybody live long and prosper I'm sorry, wrong franchise Oh, totally oh my god, god.
6: <laughs> All right, now I know why
7: and- that is why
2: this. That's why he's never coming back ever again. Because he did that. He did. So that's what you have to deal with every day, Chris. Now I understand. I mean,
3: okay, <laughs> but here's the thing. Like, I feel like here's... Rob was planning that because when no, we were doing our little Luke. wave thing, he looked Absolutely. like he was about to do this, and I was like, you better not do oh, it. <laughs> not, I was not, thinking about it.
7: Not, <laughs> it. <laughs> I knew you were going to do it.
1: Here's here's <laughs> the thing, Robert. What franchise did you did you watch that inspired you to be a filmmaker? Star Wars. Yeah, see, there it is. Um, he's been a nerd from the very beginning.
7: I introduced him to Star Wars. Our mother is a nerd. Our mother loves Star Trek, and she's yeah. a Star Wars fan, but she she's a Trekkie more than yeah, Star Wars. I not. feel that. I feel yeah, that. So. I mean, the amount have- of
5: animal abusers in the chat is really pissing me off. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not animal
1: abuse, Chase. It's the circle of, circle life. of life.
6: Rotisserie
1: a pork is
5: not the circle of life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey! Y- yes, it is. You cook it up. You fry it. Put it in a little batter. Give it a little garlic Jesus. powder. Some, you know, bacon grease. Like,
3: you're good. Disgusting. Great. Um, jar, I'll learn or nothing from, from this movie. movie. <laughs> before I say, before I say, where the people can follow me, I want you know, <laughs> my life be like, ooh, wah, my life be like. like ooh,
4: now do it ah, as Gilbert ah, ooh, Godfrey. Ah.
3: No,
5: please don't do that. Please don't ah, do that. Where's the mute? Where's the mute? I don't. I, I
6: like
3: me like. Okay. Anyway good people you can find me on tiktok twitter and instagram at char char j as spelled right here And you can find me here at the pod ones podcast every thursday night as we cover our star wars rebels rewatch and thank you for watching
2: uh... i appreciate it all right i've missed that uh you can... do you know? No, no, like... i really do to be honest i Don't was worry. rewatching the. Like tw- years. i was why wa- i was rewatching because i had to re oh, by the way if you guys are watching or listening to the podcast part of of uh, like like not these bonus episodes, but like the the like what we're going through, uh, the numbers are going to be a little fucked <laughs> because I was going through every single episode and I was like, wait, hold on, we're missing something in the audio, and it's because I'm missing the mall returns arc and audio, so I had to like change all the numbers. So technically, yesterday's was eighty one. To, like next week's will be eighty two, but that was useless but, hey, stuff that I wasn't. Hey, that I'm so glad I
5: know that, I'm that now. So I'm yeah. sorry. Hey, my flip. life
1: is infinitely better.
5: No, yeah, your life
3: inflation. is like ooh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh... No. With, with that little mishap of eighty one and eighty two, it's like my one of my favorite songs from Sum Forty One. We're in too deep. Ooh. I mean, I'm to honestly, keep all the in my head instead of going under. You know, I mean?
2: honestly, it's like it's very on brand for me to make a mistake like that. So I'm. Oh, of course. With it, oh no, so, yeah, you're hey.
7: you're, the, you're the king of mishaps. Okay, hey, you know, all this code talk in the comments is making me hungry. I, I want you to yeah, 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 I, you eat. Yeah, yeah, that's what I.
2: That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I didn't need either. So, uh, you can find us on all social medias at the Pod Ones. Uh, if you guys like what you guys see here every Friday night, we're uh, live on Thursday. We're going to be doing streams and stuff. Shortly, other content. Uh, like, comment, subscribe. Go to Chris's Twitch. By the way, uh, show him some love. Go to Brooks because she streams The Last of Us uh, and Jedi Fallen Order. Um, and but, buy her merchandise right now. Buy her now. fucking merch. Buy, buy her, her merch
3: right now. <laughs> <laughs> all
2: right, uh, Chris.
1: Uh, and you can find me, uh, uh, Star Wars lawyer on on all the things: YouTube, Twitch, TikTok, Instagram uh hive i think that's everything and um uh you can listen to my podcast with my co-host uh chris too black too nerdy on uh, wherever you listen to podcasts
2: absolutely awesome. but that's gonna be it we'll see you guys later may the force be with you always
8: and there are more of us life insurance what's your excuse for putting it off can't afford it too much hassle think your work coverage is enough There's a lot of excuses for putting off life insurance, but one big reason why you shouldn't. If the unexpected were to happen to you, who would pay the mortgage, the kid's tuition, and all the other bills? In a time of grief, the last thing you would want is for your family to have to sell the house and struggle to survive financially. At Ethos, we could get you covered in just 10 minutes, and boom, family protected. Rates can increase the longer you wait, so no more excuses take 10 minutes today and discover the modern way to get the life insurance coverage you need ethos fast and easy online term life insurance up to two million dollars in coverage with no medical exam some policies as low as a dollar a day answer a few health questions and get your free quote at ethoslife.com slash audio that's ethos life.com slash audio